Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ho, 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 ho. It was an interesting night last night as the Phoenix Suns participated in the 2020 NBA draft. And with the number 10 pick, took somebody that I don't think very many of us really thought they were going to take. I know they weren't on my draft board. They weren't on Matthew's draft board. So it was it was really interesting to see how that turned out. Uh, let's bring in my co-host, Matthew. Matthew, how that, that was kind of curveball we got there last night, huh? Yeah, it was. Hey, Jamsters and fellas, how you guys doing out there? Hey, but yeah, <laughs> uh, last night, dude, it was crazy. Actually, it kind of started off normal. It kind of went how we thought. And then it kind of started going off the rails, maybe right when the Suns picked. Maybe like yeah. right when the Suns picked. Yeah, like that's when the curveball came in. And all of a sudden, we're like, what, what, what's going on, fellas? What's yeah. going on? So obviously, we're going to talk about the NBA draft and everything that happened last night. You know, in Jones, we trust being the title of this podcast. But first and foremost, I got to do the housekeeping notes and welcome everybody to the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm John. You can find me at Darth Voida on Twitter. He's Matthew. You can find him on Twitter. Matthew Lissy. And again, this is the Suns Jam Session podcast, which can be found on Twitter at Suns Jam, as well as Instagram as well. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, make sure you go ahead and press subscribe and you can rate and review us. Because this is where you're going to get the best Suns content on the pod pod form. I think that's what Justin says on Fan of the Flames. The the pod form in the pod universe is where you're going to get some great Suns content, both between the Suns Jam Session podcast as well as the Fan of the Flames podcast, which are both make up the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. If you're watching on YouTube, can you, you can do me a favor and you can go ahead and pound that subscribe button, smash that bell, do all that fun stuff, click the thumbs up. We appreciate it. We really do. And if you're watching on Twitter and Facebook, uh, just enjoy the show. I mean, I don't think there's ups or downs or anything like that. So we appreciate you as always coming and hanging out with us. Yes, thank you. As Matthew mentioned, uh, it was kind of a hectic ride last night. And that's what we're going to be discussing on this episode of the Suns Jam Session podcast. And we kind of figured we'd do it like this, okay? The Arizona Cardinals play at about 6.20 local time. We started this at 5.30, so we'll be wrapping it up just in time for you to stop watching this and go watch the Arizona Cardinals play the Seattle Seahawks. Look at us, Matthew. We care not only about basketball, but also for our Arizona football fans, right? Yeah, our team, the Arizona Cardinals, my favorite team. I I love them. (laughs) They're number one, maybe even over the uh, Phoenix Suns. Wow, bold statement. Okay, nah, I guess we're starting a, an Arizona Cardinals <laughs> podcast. That's what is, is that's what is we'll coming ble- up yeah, in our future. We'll, yep, yep, definitely, dude. As soon as this season's over, the NBA season, which is in twenty years, when the season's over, then we'll start an Arizona Cardinals podcast. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just glad we finally made it to the draft. I mean, I felt it yes. felt like it took forever for the it was worth draft. The it was. I mean, it, it was an interesting night. It's definitely something that will be memorable for the majority of, of Suns fans out there because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you'll always kind of remember the hype that went into this one and then just kind of, I wouldn't say the utter disappointment, but the way you just felt afterwards. So we'll get yeah. into all that 
as per usual, it's you know we, we drink beer here and we talk <laughs> Phoenix Suns. So cheers, everybody. Let's talk some Suns. So every other Suns podcast has already put out their thoughts on the Jalen Smith pick. And you know what? It's our turn, Matthew. We're finally up. Yeah. You know, everybody else has kind of <laughs> vetted their thoughts and put it out there. And, you know, the Suns Jam Session podcast, we're no different. It's been a very busy week. Sunday night, we had Flex on and we were talking about the possibility of a Chris Paul trade. Tuesday night, we potted again because the Chris Paul trade did occur. And now here we are on Thursday talking about the draft knowing that free agency is a couple days away. So when we do our Sunday night podcast, I'm I'm sure we'll have plenty of things to talk about then. Yeah. But we're going to focus pretty much solely on the NBA draft in this one. And I just got to kind of start off with, you know, putting it out there. It, it, it was, it was kind of chalk to start, right? You know, yes, guys were going where they were supposed to be going and no one was really falling. Right. I mean, there's other than Patrick Williams at four. Yeah, Patrick Williams. Yeah. The Patrick Williams was, that's a good pick though. I mean, a lot of people yes. have him rising on their boards. So for the bulls to take him, it was one of those things where this year, this draft, it's like, just go get your guys. A team started to do that as long, along with the sun. So it wasn't surprising that the sun's kind of gave us a little bit of a surprise. I almost counted on it. It was funny, probably about an hour or two before the draft started. I, I was driving over to your place because you know you got some Little Caesars pizza and some Coors Light. Well, you know that's yeah, that's how, that's how, <laughs> how we celebrate celebrate drafts on the San some uh, Suns Jam Session <laughs> podcast. That's how we do. So, uh, but I was on my drive down there and I was listening to Burns and Gambo, and you know one mm-hmm. of the things I kept thinking was, you know, expect the unexpected when it comes to James Jones. He really hasn't followed a formula that that we think is the the right route to go. And at the end, it kind of pays off. You look at the Cam Johnson pick. I mean, that's the easy easy route to go. It's last year, everybody was given a C nationally. Everybody's who who's this guy? And yes. I think I think it caught a lot of Suns fans by surprise because initially, leading up to that day, we had the number six pick, and everybody was really high on Jarrett Culver. And then the day of the of the draft, he traded down to get Dario Sarch and got the number 11th pick. And then from there, we really didn't know who to go for. And then he took a guy who was supposed to go in the 20s. And that's kind of, it's almost like history repeated itself, you know? Yeah, in a way. Uh, I think Cam Johnson, that pick was kind of like, I'm kind of glad that happened last year. That way this year, when it, whatever would happen, like something like, oh, remember last year, Cam Johnson, everyone doubted him but a lot of times james jones he does not care what the critics say he has his own big board he's gonna go get the guy he wants and jalen smith is the guy he wanted and i think there's a couple guys i honestly think i think the the sons kind of wanted denny and i just found out how to pronounce his last name from israel and i'm not gonna even try to say try i I forget (laughs) i can't even say advia 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 so denny advia i feel like he was probably gonna be a son i really because you remember me sitting there, I was hoping the Suns would get that guy, but then he got taken right before to the, to the Wizards. But I mean, Jalen Smith coming in with the Suns was a surprise because when you're watching the draft and you're watching Adam Silver open that card and he started to pronounce a name, you're thinking of a J or like, uh, or no, he started pronouncing a J for Jalen Smith, but then you were thinking maybe a T for uh, Halliburton or else even a D for um, <laughs> Devon. Wow. 
Yeah, I was thinking like you were going maybe, through all the consonants as I was. was yeah, I, I was. I was seriously waiting for those letters to pop out of his mouth, but nothing. It was not even that. It was Jalen Smith. So that was a surprise for me. Well, back up a couple minutes because what I found interesting is as we were sitting there watching the draft. Now, granted, you were probably on like your second course light by then. So I mean, you were bomb. No, and, no and and you were like all about Denny Advia, Advija, whatever his name is. Uh-huh. You were really all about him all of a sudden. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, like, where did I, come we do from? a podcast together. <laughs> We've been talking about the draft for eight months, and I've never seen you so engaged on this guy. Yeah. What, where did this sudden love affair with the kid from Israel come from? Because you were like excited that he could be fall to the suns at the number 10 pick. Where did that come from, man? Well, more of the excitement was just me wanting him to play with the Warriors. I thought the Warriors were going to take him instead of Wiseman to have him play with Clay. Rest in peace, Clay. Um, the sad news today we heard another yeah, we'll injury. That a little later, yeah. yeah. But besides that, Steph Curry, I wanted him to play within that system. I thought it would have been beautiful. So if Advia was actually going to be a guy that the Suns took, I didn't think he was going to drop to ten. I thought he would go in the top four, and I was hoping, of course, the Warriors. But besides that, even if we still had Ricky Rubio, I was excited to have this guy play with Booker and with um, Rubio in the backcourt. But now you have Chris Paul, so it's like even better. Uh, he's just a playmaker, like big dude. He's like six eight, six nine, and uh, he's he's a guy that can shoot. So I was excited to have him play like. 30 to 35 minutes a game. I think he's NBA ready. So I was excited for that. And it is funny because I never even brought it up. I think we mentioned him just a little bit on our draft, the part one or part two Mm -hmm. with flex those shows just a little bit, but I just, I've always liked the guy and I just didn't think he would drop and he was still on the board, which is crazy. And that's why I feel like a lot of the trades didn't happen in the NBA draft is because a lot of guys were falling. And I think a lot of the guys that teams liked were still there. So they weren't going to budge and they're going to wait and see. No, you're exactly right. And I remember when Denny got drafted, my reaction was I started cheering very loudly, very loudly. You know, I gave you kind of a ha-ha as well because I knew in that yeah. moment Tyrese Halliburton and Devin uh-huh. Vassell were sitting on the board. I'm like, no matter what, we're walking out of this draft with one of these guys. You know, it's been that continual conversation. Do we need a guard of the future? Do we need a wing to fill the Kelly Oubre gap? And the answer was sitting right in front of us. And this is where it goes to show that We are not draft experts. We are simply fans who take a look at the construction of a roster and say, hey, based on videos and conversations and interviews that I've read or heard about and videos that I've seen, this is what I think the right prospect is for this organization at this time. Because once that Adam Silver brought his big bald head out there, this is what we got. And we just kind of sat there and kind of like look, <laughs> looking puzzled at the yeah, TV. We had to like, we had to remember like, who is this guy? Even yeah. though we went over him, we, we, we all liked him. You liked him. Flex liked him. Even though we knew about him, we, we were just that surprised. We forgot who the, in the heck he was <laughs> like when the Suns took him. So it was crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, you're, you're staring there puzzled and you're like, okay, I know I've talked about this guy. I know I've covered him. Yeah, but he's a big and like that's the one thing that Mm -hmm. I found interesting because I had written a piece for Brightside earlier in the week talking about the draft and I'd asked the Brightside readers if you know (laughs) what their preference was. Was it a wing, a guard or a big? What should we go for? And only 15 percent said we should go for a big. So, you know, hindsight's always 20-20. You know that this being James Jones's second draft, 
his first draft, he kind of zigged when everybody was saying you should zag. And he did the same exact thing here. This is definitely a draft where, like you said, it's it's about finding team needs and addressing who you think is the best best player and the best player who can fit within the confines of your organization. And it isn't necessarily the same thing. The best available player and the, and your team needs aren't necessarily the same thing. Because I think that Devin Vassell and Tyrese Halliburton have the potential to be better players. But James Jones saw something that said, yeah. "No, this is a guy who I can bring in. He can he can come in and be effective, you know, pretty much right the right away." Because again, free agency is Friday. Uh, you have training camp in two weeks, and you know Jalen Smith's going to be playing for the Phoenix Suns here in a month, just like that. Yeah. So I mean, he there must be something in the, his character and makeup that drew uh, James Jones to him. But you know, we'll get to kind of what our thoughts are initially on on the pick after we've analyzed him, once you heard that name, once you saw the consonant J, Lynn Smith, come out, what was your initial reaction to the pick other than the the general wonderment that I believe we all had shared as Suns fans? Um, it was interesting because I was like, okay, so you have to think where he's going to fit on the roster. And I know Frank Kaminsky's gone, and Aaron Baines is probably on his way out. So it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense because – we're going to need help with the four and five. And he's a guy that can actually run the floor too. And he can help in the way of helping with DeAndre Aiden on the boards. So it, it made sense after he thought about it for a little bit, but it's one of those things. It's like, am I talking myself into this because I'm a Suns fan or am I just talking myself into it because I'm a Suns fan? It's like, we have to do that no matter what, but um, for them to skip over Halliburton, especially if saw a guy that we both wanted, it's crazy. But then you think like, well, I guess we already have Mikhail Bridges. So maybe that's why, and then you're just like, okay, Jalen Smith is an actual need for the Suns to come in and be ready to play. He's probably the most ready-to-play guy out there in the draft besides Vassell that I thought. So, I mean, it makes it made sense after a while. It, it wasn't – I don't feel like I was ever satisfied with it, but it's just like one of those things where you have to wait and see until going to, into next year. Yeah, no, and like I don't know how NBA-ready he really is. You know, as we went through our draft prospects, I felt like there was a couple more bigs who had a better opportunity to be more NBA-ready. I know he's NBA-ready offensively-ish, but I know defensively, you know, a lot of people talk about kind of the way that he turns his hips and he's a little bit slower on defense. But he's a guy who clash, crashes the offensive glass and has the ability to, you know, shoot in on two to three levels, okay? So, so that's a plus. Yeah. But I know that, you know, once I kind of zoned out of the wonderment that uh, occurred, you know, the first thing I did was I... He's a reach for your phone kind of player. You got to Google the guy. You got to remember, okay? And then I looked at our Sunday pod, and, and I looked. We did cover him with Flex, and he was actually the last big that we covered. And we, I think all of us agreed that he has potential to be a really good player. We just yeah. all thought he was somebody who could be classified as a steal if he went at 20. Will he be classified as a steal going at 10 in this draft? I think anybody who turns out to be a positive player in this draft is going to be classified as a steal as long as they're outside of the top three because this this is the thing you have to remember. You know, uh, uh, us draft draft experts. You know, and I'm using quotations for the you, those of you who are listening rather than watching. We don't know anything. I mean, this whole draft coming into it, this whole year, we knew that whatever asset we had in this draft wasn't exactly a great asset because a lot of these players weren't great players. They're good role exactly. players. So James Jones zeroed in on his guy, and then he probably said, you know what, I'm going to try to trade back. No one wanted to trade back, as you mentioned earlier, because other you know teams noticed that the Tyrese Halliburtons and the Devin Vassells were following to them. So why would I want to trade up four spots for a guy I could potentially get? And so he said, you know, James Jones just said, fuck it. I'm taking my guy. My guy's Jalen Smith. 
the thing that really threw me off though, Matthew, is the fact that you look at Twitter and it, you know, there, there's the micro meltdowns on Suns Twitter, which is understandable. Everybody is really kind of planted their flag on, you know, one, two, three, maybe even four players. And this is a guy who wasn't in those top five. So everybody yeah. kind of like, what the fuck, you know? But then I went to Facebook and, you know, one of the reasons I am a member of a lot of the different Facebook pages is because I like to promote what we do here. But I also like to get a kind of a, a different point of view. The Suns Twitter fan and the Facebook Twitter, uh, the Suns Facebook fan are very, very different people. And I was like, hold on. All the people on Facebook really like this pick. And that really threw me off, man. Is that really what happened? Because I stay away from there because it's like another dimension with those people on there. I, it was they really exist. Of, trust me. Normally when things happen, like when the CP3 trade happened, yeah, Suns Twitter loved it. Sun's Facebook yeah, trashed it. Oh my God. People were like, I'm selling my season tickets. Like the world's end. You know, James Jones is an idiot. And then this pick yeah. happened. They're like, perfect. Perfect <laughs> pick. I love this guy. I'm like, wow. I, I just, it's two completely different points of view. And that's why holistically, I like to kind of dabble in both and see what people think. But once I saw that people liked it, I'm like, oh no, is this the right thing? Like, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, hindsight, I think it is a good pick. It's a great pick, in my opinion. You know, now that we've kind of navigated those emotions and and can, comes to, come to the grips with reality that Halliburton is going to be a king, so we get to see him all the time. And Dem Vassell is a spur, so we get to see him all the oh, time. This yeah. is going to be another one of those situations where we're like, okay, we pick Jalen Smith, two teams that are in the Western Conference that we're going to be fighting with. You know, technically, we should be above them now with the CP3 trade. But we still have to beat these teams when you know they play each other. They're going to have these two guys who a lot of Suns fans, you know, really kind of gravitated towards in this yeah. very odd 2020 draft. That was the worst part of the draft. Is like you have to watch these other teams that we hate and we've been fighting with in the standings get these guys that we like. Even Desmond Bain going to Memphis, like that. That was one that we hated, right? Like that was a bad, bad pick for against the Suns, but. Like the Vassell, they're going to be good players. Halliburton, I never really liked, but I guess he's going to be a good player. A lot of people like him, of course. But for him to go on those teams, it's just kind of frustrating because we're going to face him a lot. And then, of course, Jalen Smith doesn't pan out. It's one of those things where it's like, why didn't you take him? But then it's like we're getting into that with this draft where it's like we shouldn't have these conversations. We shouldn't even start these conversations with this draft because it's like it 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 doesn't really matter who you take in this draft. It's who who this team wants or needs. But then also, too, you have to think about the guys taken after. It's like we've been past that so many times in the drafts, and I just thought we were going to dodge that bullet this time, but it doesn't look like it. It looks like something that we're going to be focusing on probably the next year or two to see how these guys develop. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, knowing that the guys that we want are going to division rivals, you're constantly going to be checking in and, and doing the comparison thing. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent, because these are three completely different players. You know, Tyrese Halliburton's a guard. Devin Vassell's a wing. Jalen Smith is a big. So it's going to be really hard to compare them, but we'll kind of keep our watchful eye on them. Uh, but at the end of the day, I like what we ended up with. You know, we ended up Me with Jalen Smith, Ford from Maryland, six foot 10, 225 pounds. He's got a kind of goofy, big smile. He's got those goggles and he has yeah. what appears to be like a personality. You know, he's somebody who's potentially a high character guy. Uh, he's somebody that is, he comes from a military family which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. You know, he, that means he's a structured individual. I mean, he they mentioned it shortly after his draft, talking about how, you know, he, he always has to make sure that things are order and, in, and and clean. And if you think about somebody who has to be drafted yesterday and, and play in the NBA in a month, you need somebody who is a regimented individual who has the ability to 
adapt to things. And it sounds like he's the kind of guy who does that. Uh, Casey Jacobson was on the sun solar panel and he was actually uh, talking to Dave and Espo and Saul right when the draft pick happened. And it was actually, you know, kind of a, a stroke of luck because Casey Jacobson, former Phoenix sun had done a lot of studying and, 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 uh, just analyzation of the big 10 and he had seen this guy a lot and he had a lot of great uh insight as to kind of who this guy is and you know one of the comments he made is he's in high he's a high iq guy and i think that that's very important when you look at james jones and how he likes to structure his team is he wants smart players he wants guys who are competitive who work hard and understand the game of basketball and, and you know know more than just the x's and o's and i think that that's going to greatly assist in kind of jalen smith's development as as we move forward <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think too, he's he's a guy that's gonna come in right away to, and like really just be ready to play. And he's gonna go in and he's gonna dedicate everything. He's a guy that's a gym rat. He's just he hits every notch basically for James Jones. And I think that in his last year with 31 games, he's a 15 and 10 guy. You know, it's kind of like a DeAndre Ayton where DeAndre Ayton's just like a double double machine. This guy's probably the same exact way, especially improving on his three point shot at 37 percent. So, I mean, there's a lot of things you can like in this guy. I mean, maybe he's not the greatest at all of them, but hey, he dunks the ball, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> maybe he can teach DeAndre Ayton that. But once he gets to the facility, that brand new, beautiful facility, he's playing with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, who will probably never leave that facility. They'll be ready to go every day to play and get better. I just I can see him fitting this team so much better than a lot of these other guys. But, I mean, it, it is tough because we did pass up on my favorite guy, Devin Vassell. But besides that... I am I'm happy and I think he completes a roster spot that was needed, man. No, I completely agree. And that's the other side of this is you know, wants and needs. You wanted a point guard, and I felt you needed a wing, and we needed a big. You know, what this yeah. did is this said, hey, Aaron Baines isn't gonna be back. Since the time the draft has occurred, Frank Kaminsky's already yeah, he's uh he, he's gone. Uh, the team didn't exercise the option on him. Check Diallo's gone, the team didn't exercise the option on him. So a lot of these things that Gambo had kind of talked about a little bit are coming to fruition. A lot of these players aren't coming back and you need to fill a roster. And I really feel that bringing in Jalen Smith meets that need. Now there's some other guys out there who are bigs who you could probably have gone and, and retrieved a free agency and they probably would have been a little bit more expensive. So what that's telling me is that's James Jones saying, Hey, I want to spend my money elsewhere. I don't want to spend it on a big, I'll bring in a guy who's six foot 10. Who's a, who's a four slash five and give him an opportunity to kind of play behind Deandre Ayton. And, you know, yeah. I, I've, Heard, seen a lot of analysis talking about Jalen Smith and how he fits into the confines of this roster. How do you think he's going to mesh with the team? Oh, he's going to be fantastic. Like all the reasons I just said before, like he is basically the type of son now that James Jones is looking for and that James Jones will have on this team continuing into maybe this year, next year, especially with free agency coming up. I mean, the Suns aren't even done adding, but I think it's just finding that piece to replace Franken Baines. And what's so funny is I think on one pod, maybe two weeks ago, I asked you like, what if the Suns, this is before the Chris Paul, what if the Suns, went to the trade deadline and they had to replace, I think it was 50% of the roster. Yeah. Would you be happy or sad? And we were both like sad, but it's, I think we've already replaced 50% plus, right? <laughs> it's everybody, but like five players on the team. So everyone else is gone, but I feel like we've upgraded. And I think Jalen Smith is an upgrade already for Frank Kaminsky and Baines. I don't think Baines really has a lot more that he can add. And I think Jalen Smith can come in. I know we haven't seen him play yet in the NBA, so we don't know for sure, but just what I've been watching and seeing and hearing I mean, he, there's nothing he can be at the level of what Baines was, and maybe even better going into next year. Well, whoa, 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 settle down there, fella. 
Okay. I, def- <laughs> I definitely think that he is an upgrade from Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky, as, as much as I loved having him here, he, he was a funny guy. He had a great personality, but he wasn't athletic at all. And he couldn't set screens and he couldn't crash the glass. And I think that's where yeah. Baines definitely is a hardcore screen setter. I mean, his screen assist numbers are fantastic. And I think that that's something that Jalen Smith, when he's on the floor with our second team unit, is going to – I have to see it. I haven't seen it yet. You know, he's, he's known as a really good pick-and-pop shooter. And I know that if you have the right guys in there, he might be a great, you know, roll to the, the rim kind of guy. And he's, and he's known to be a good guy on the offensive glass. But defensively – Aaron Baines was a better defensive player. So he's got a long way to go defensively. Offensively, he's better than Aaron Baines, I feel. And again, we haven't seen much. I, I, we're, this is coming from two non-draft experts on watching highlights. But he's bet, you know, Aaron Baines could hit the three if it was a spot-up three, and he was wide open. This kid has the ability to make turnaround shots. He can, he can stroke the three ball. So he's got a lot of really good offensive upside. And when you look at our second team unit, that's what we need. You know, a lot of a lot of the communications that I've saw is, you know, like, well, how's he going to mesh with Aiton? I, I don't care. I, if he spends three minutes a game with Aiton, that's too much right now. You know, I mean, it should be Aiton, and then this guy should be coming in and spelling Aiton. Is he six foot ten? Yeah. Is he a smaller backup center? Yeah. But he's also a broad shoulders, physical guy that we're going to need at some point. You know, I think that size matters in the NBA. You know, and and we're really starting to get away from that thought process as fans. And you look at the Lakers. Okay, the Lakers did it with. Size. They did it with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, two different generational type players. Okay. But they had to go through a team like Denver to do it. And Denver has a big lineup. You know, you look at Utah and and Rudy Gobert isn't, you know, by any means athletic, but he's somebody you have to go through. Now sit back and think last season when the Suns played those teams. Think about what their deficiencies were. If Aaron Baines was out because he was injured or DeAndre Ayton was out because he was on a PED suspension and we had, and we had, or if you know Baines was starting when DeAndre was gone, or when DeAndre yeah. was starting and, and Baines was hurt, and we didn't have that depth at the five, you knew it was just going to be a rebound fest for the other team. The Suns had to be unbelievably efficient because if they weren't, the, the shots would be missed, they'd be rebounded by the opposition, and, and we weren't crashing the offensive glass because we had to, had to get back on D in transition. Now, if you have a guy like this who has the ability to crash the glass, is big, is physical, and has the ability to box out, on the second team unit, maybe he does get three minutes a game with DeAndre. Ayton. And you know what? It, it might be three critical minutes minutes in which we can shut down the opposition from getting all those offensive boards that just drive me crazy. I hate giving up mm-hmm. offensive boards. And I think that bringing in Jalen Smith is going to assist in addressing that need. Now, again, we got a long way to go. We've never seen this guy play. He's got to integrate in the system. He's got a month to do all this. So there's a lot of opportunity that he has to really seize. And, and you're hoping that that's why James Jones took him because he's a high character guy. Yeah, that is why he took him. And I don't, I'm not scared at all going into the season. And for me to say he's better than Baines, okay, Baines had one phenomenal, really, really good game. He's a good screen setter. Um, he did help out when um, DeAndre Aiden was out, but I feel like it's just like you can't use him too much. It's just too many miles during the season. Yes. Even though the season is short, 72 games, you just have to worry about putting too many miles on him. And I think he can really help a contender who maybe might be the Suns, who knows, uh, for, I'm just kidding, for the NBA Finals next year. But besides that, I just think we need the younger guy that can play with more minutes. And it's cool because he's excited to go in and work with DeAndre and all of them. So for him to be that excited and for maybe even free agents to be excited to come here, it's things that have really turned around. And I'm just for that reason, it makes me more excited. If we were to have this pick and still be the BS team that we were two years ago, It'd be like, eh, I don't know. We'll see, man. But this things are so different. You can probably put any guy in the system from that draft, and things might work out. Of course, maybe he's someone that is more um, not not as young, 
but someone that is more experienced and ready to go like Jalen Smith. But besides that, I think like anybody you put in here is going to be automatic and they're going to be ready to go and they're going to be happy to be here. Yeah, that's another interesting thing about Jalen Smith is the fact that he's only 20 years old. You know, we've sat there know, exactly. fo following James Jones's first draft and we're like, oh, well, this guy is clearly somebody or, or James Jones goes for the older guys. He goes for the four year guys. He goes for the mature guys. He goes for the guys who aren't necessarily projects. And, you know, that still kind of is true. You know, this guy, uh, Jalen Smith, really did a good job going from a, a senior in high school to a freshman at Maryland and then improving, yeah. you know, his nickname sticks. And if you listen to the Fanny yeah. of the Flames uh, podcast, Justin loves that name because he uses it like 10 times. And I, it's a fantastic nickname. And so he goes from being a stick at Maryland to bulking up and gaining, you know, like 40 pounds in one year. And, and so he's a guy who can take that feedback and act upon it. And I want to hit a couple quotes here. Uh, the first one is from James Jones. And he said, we identified him not only as a good player, but a professional college player. He's extremely disciplined, regimented, and a tireless worker. And his approach fits our approach. So that's that culture. We talk about culture with the Phoenix Suns. That's it. That's what yeah. James Jones is looking for. Discipline, regimented, tireless worker. Okay, he says... Uh, he James Jones thought he was the best fit, checked a lot of boxes for us. We want to be athletic. We want to be long, adding length to the perimeter. His versatility to play the four and the five, switch and pick and roll, and more importantly, can attack the offensive glass. We thought he gave us an edge in our front court. So that's what James Jones was looking for. I guess if Patrick Williams was there at 10, it would have been Patrick Williams. I guarantee you that because that yes. this, this guy is kind of a muted Patrick Williams in my opinion. But Patrick Williams' stock grew so high that he went to that number four, which is really shocking to me. And I was kind of upset. Once he was, I was like, damn, I wanted that kid. You yeah, know? So, it was so quick. When he was <laughs> and, then, and then you look at what Jalen Smith said following being drafted. He said, being a lottery pick, that's what everyone aims for. But being drafted into the right situation is what's most important. And I feel, though, as this is the best situation for me to learn from guards like Chris Paul, yeah. Dev Booker, learn from DeAndre Ayton, all the other guys, and just be able to find my role and just mesh with it. I'm excited. And I just can't wait to get started. Beautiful. So, I mean, I'm I'm stoked for this pick. Again, the thing that's always going to leave that little sour taste in your mouth is the fact that Halliburton and Vassell were sitting right there. But remember, going into this draft, before the pandemic, before the season ended, you didn't know any of these guys. We had months and months to find the little guys we wanted to plant our flags on. And the only guy you knew going into this draft, oh, that's that's the Lamella Ball draft, right? This isn't a draft that's like how it started. Aiden. Yeah, exactly. That's what all this draft was. Before it's not like Luca and Aiden, those guys were all over our radars. Yeah. Okay. Lonzo Ball, Jason Tatum, uh, Trey Young. Well, Trey Young was a fallen draft, but I mean, all these guys, you, you heard of these guys and you got excited about them. Now, granted, the other side of that coin is the fact that the Suns weren't going to get a top pick. So we weren't very in tune with who these guys were. So does this guy meet our needs? Yeah. He met our need of a big. Does he show promise? Yes. Does he show the right attitude and somebody who can compliment the culture? That's the most important thing. Tyrese Halliburton, as much as I, I, I don't know if he really did. Devin Vassell, I like the kid. He's a hard worker, and everything I read on him, I mean, Gina Mizell did a great piece on him, and I really thought that he did too. And that'll always be kind of like the one that got away. But remember, these none of these ones that got away are going to be the, the, the guy that's going to go win the team the championship. They're just going to be really good role players on a team. Yeah, that's the best part. Is like we don't have to lean on the uh, draft pick to really get us over the hump. It's like we're already over the hump, but we just got to add some depth. The best thing about his quote, though, that he said that I love is like learn from DeAndre Aiden. I think like yes. DeAndre Aiden's really gonna get a good guy to 
to work with and for him to say to learn from deandre ayton like he knows his game he, so he knows like he can teach him some stuff which is awesome i just i just never thought i would really hear that yet just because this is only deandre ayton's third year going into it so i thought maybe he wouldn't until maybe five or six years a player might say that but for him to say that maybe just popped into his head who knows but i'm gonna love this watch out on the court i think he has a lot to learn from deandre and i think deandre has a lot to learn from him too as well yeah, and I think it's going to be fun for DeAndre because, you know, oh, yeah, I am I am a third-year pro. Guys are going to be looking yeah. up to me now. It's like I'm no longer the rookie. You know, he's going to feel like a rookie when Chris Paul starts hollering at him. When he's looking him down the court, he's like, hey. Fellas! What up, fellas? It's like, what up, fella? Dunk the ball, yes. fella. <laughs> yes. Know? So that's going to be it. fun. Uh, what do you think that <laughs> this pick of Jalen Smith does for the Suns as they head into free agency? Uh, well, just – I know it frees up a lot of things. I think maybe they can go out for their wing now, but honestly, for free agency, it just are you talking about are you asking me just about the free agents and how they're looking at the Suns now, or do you just mean the team needs, John? What do you mean? Both. Both. <laughs> for both? Well, yeah. I mean, you're looking at the Suns even before the draft. Players want to come here. Chris Paul wanted to come here. I mean, if you have that going for you, I don't think you have to worry about much, man. But to add to the depth of the power forward position, the center position, you're not really looking for that too much anymore in the free agency. Uh, I think things switched up. I think I, we kind of thought they were in a point guard way and get a get a point guard. They're going to get a small forward, a wing guy, but they didn't. So now it frees that up in free agency. So they have a plan. I thought maybe there would be a trade too for the Suns in the draft, but I feel like the Suns have a plan of who they're eyeing. We don't need the four. We can maybe even still go after a four guy. Uh, who knows? But there's still a lot of options, man. I still think it's way up in the air. And just like the draft, I think there's going to be a guy the Suns get be like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. I think that's still going to happen. I think you're absolutely right there because there's a bunch of names that people have been throwing around for quite some time. And you know that it's not going to be any of those guys. All of a sudden, it's going to be some guy and you're like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can get behind this because I'm a Suns fan. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. this is where I suck because I don't know how the money works very well like i read a lot of the different cap sheets and how it it's works so and hard hold, it, and it's so complicated but i know that by not bringing back frank kaminsky and not bringing back check diallo you know the suns are in the process of opening up some money you know imagine danilo gallinari being signed by the phoenix suns a guy who has a connection to chris paul and played with him last year and had a great season with him you know imagine a lineup where it's chris paul devin booker mikhail bridges danilo gallinari deandre ayton and then you go and you look at the backups, and at the, at the one and two, you got Javon Carter, Elio Kobo, who's like last guy off the bench, <laughs> uh, Cameron Payne, uh, Cam Johnson, Dario Saric, and Jalen Smith. Like that excites solid. the shit it's out solid. of me. It's, it's solid. It's like solid. So you're you're basically it's like one more player. We need one more player, maybe an all star. But once we get that player, it's complete. It's 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 funny because before years before. We used to be like, oh, what if we get this guy and he have this lineup, this lineup, this lineup? But no, it's like actually coming true. We can actually, like, <laughs> we can, can actually etch it in stone. We can etch it in stone now with these with these lineups. I think it's awesome because we have Chris Paul, so we know something's going to happen to where we're going to get another guy that we can actually say, like, hey, yeah, we actually added him. We don't have to dream about it. This guy's actually going to be on the Suns. Yeah, and it, it could be Danilo Gallinari. It could be. Uh, I, and, and sorry for all the Christian Wood lovers out there. I honestly think that like Christian Wood, Montrez Harrell, Serge Ibaka, a couple guys I was high on a free agency. I think yeah, that by yeah. signing Jalen Smith, that need's been met. Uh, but Jeremy Grant is somebody who, again, I think he might have priced himself awesome. out of the market. Well, but that would be fantastic. 
That would because be awesome. What I like about Danilo Gallinari is he has the ability to provide a lot of offense for you. Jeremy Grant's kind of he's a three and D guy. You know, he can provide that offense and he showcased that and he plays above the rim and he and he, and he showcased all that in in route to the Western Conference Finals this past year. But he plays that defense and I love that. You know, you need a little bit of defense in this NBA, not much, mm-hmm. but a little bit. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens. You know, in the upcoming days because yeah. free agency starts on Friday and then the actual like trades can go down you know it's like the the tampering legal tampering Tamp- yeah tampering start friday yep mm-hmm. yeah so and then sundays when they can actually start to sign these guys so it's gonna be really interesting these next couple of days again we'll have our podcast on sunday night and hopefully we have some fun and exciting news and really have a good idea of what that final suns lineup is going to look like as we enter the 2020 2021 season uh before we move on to our next segment i do want to take just a little bit of time to give espn some shit about their presentation of this draft is that okay matthew yes let's do it Okay, so for those of you who watched the draft on ESPN, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was one of them. You know, I saw it at Matthew's house. Matthew's got one of those like high tech smart TVs. And he, 32 so inch. Yeah, it's massive, massive HD, inch. right? Yeah, 400 K so. or something. Mm-hmm. But because of that, we couldn't watch it on NBA TV. And the problem is that means we were forced to watch ESPN. And here's the problems I had with ESPN. One, their graphics were like really large and just kind yes. of moving all the time so you can never really like read it and there's it was just moving too fast for me and maybe i'm like an old man i'm 38 now and i can't read things but it was bad like you know it would pop up real quick and say something it's like it's you know it's like jay bill (laughs) says next five and then like boom real quick like team needs and then like and then they would show like team needs for some teams but not team needs for the other team so and then they go alphabetically so you have to sit there and wait for them to finally hit phoenix and then they don't give you all the information about, and they, they, they were given the other teams. I mean, it was just frustrating. And then trades were happening left and right, and you had Woj tweeting them out. And who did they have in the studio, Matthew? Woj. Woj. He's sitting in the studio. Why don't you just cut to him and let me at least tell me what's going on? So I'm down here trying to read this. <laughs> I, I look up. They don't put any kind of notifications. In the past, it was really apparent that picks were traded and weren't traded. So we're sitting there. We're watching a, a trade. You know, Desmond Bain who, again, was another uh, uh, proof that we didn't know what the fuck we were talking about because we're like, Suns could trade back to 14 and 15 and get him. He went 30th. But, like, he's drafted by the Celtics in, like, the little right-hand corner. It's like, you know, right to Memphis. You know, it's like, so they weren't announcing any of the trades, which is really annoying. And and the other thing that I really found frustrating was when a guy would get drafted, they wouldn't show any of his measurables. It was just like, Jalen Smith, forward. Maryland. It wasn't like 6'10", 225. Like, maybe I'm an asshole, but I like seeing those kind of things. You're like, okay, a point guard got drafted. Well, how big is it? Oh, he's 5'9". That's, you know, that might be something of relevance as I watch this NBA draft. And then, you know, with with a draft like this, with so many who is that guy guys, I just felt like overall ESPN did a poor job of communicating who those guys were. They were really focused on putting out the stories, you know, the B-roll footage that they had shot before the draft and wanted to tell us all the all the stories about the guys, you know, and their struggle, which is understandable. And I get it, but like, I don't know. I, I really wish I had the yeah, ability to watch this on that's... NBA TV. I should have stayed home. That's what I'm saying. Oh, whatever jerk. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think maybe they think like we're on our phones all the time. So maybe we're just watching it. So we're seeing the tweets and we're actually looking these trades up ourselves or something. That's the way it seemed like, right. Is because yeah. there was no info or anything, especially when you have a couple brewskis, like it's hard to follow, you know, you need things to sit on the TV for a little bit so you can study them, you know, while you're falling over hitting your head. Like <laughs> I, I needed that. And it just, it was not happening. And I told you the sad stories, of course, like I, I feel bad for these guys, what they've been through, 
but that's all they like focus on. They don't focus on anything basketball, and it's it's kind of frustrating. But I mean, I told you that's what they did. That's what they did in the NFL draft. And I knew yep. they're going to do this in the NBA draft. Yeah, there's a lot of those swan song stories instead of just give me the basic information on these guys, you know. Exactly. And I think that it, it, yeah, it was just. Sorry, ESPN. Sorry for those of you listening, and you're like, who gives? If fast well, they did let go forward, like thirty thousand people, didn't they? They fired like thirty thousand. Yeah, well, that's people, what I so. that's what I was thinking. I was commenting. I'm like, well, you can see where the people who they fired were from the fucking graphics yeah. department. Like, geez, well, man, it's the same guy managing the lights for that whole yeah. place that they still own, and then he's doing the, this too. So it's just one guy working everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's real quick hop into the thoughts. Brains. It's that segment of the show where we talk about things that are kind of outside of the Phoenix Suns organization, but definitely happening within the NBA. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about how they kind of affect the Suns. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to kind of talk about the rest of the players that were drafted. As you take a look at the players who were drafted, and I'm not going to go through the entire list. Uh, I'm sure that everybody has taken a look at it or not, whatever. Um, who shocked you the most in the way that they were drafted? I guess outside of Jalen Smith. Okay, outside of Jalen, I think. There's two players, Patrick Williams, of course. He mm-hmm. shut up, but I think it's well-deserved. It's a great pick. But Denny Advia, I think he seriously, I thought he was going to go top four, so that was the biggest surprise to me. And it was very heartbreaking, like I mentioned before, where he was so close to the Suns but fell out number nine. I think that's crazy, and that's devastating. But besides that, I mean, it kind of is just like pick and choose who you want in this draft, man. There's a lot of players on here that I feel like the Suns could have got if they were to trade back. But I think a lot of teams are just like, you know what? We're not trading anything. There'll be a player there um, to where, where we're at. So we don't have to actually trade any picks. So we didn't see a lot of trades. But besides those two guys, I, I really think that it kind of went as planned, honestly. Well, I think you had too many brewskis by the point the second round hit. But the second round, there was nothing but trading, man. It was like fucking gangbusters out there i think i agree with you patrick williams going as high as he did is something that kind of shocked me i really thought obi toppin was going to end up in uh chicago and the fact that desmond bain fell as far as he did like really showed me that i don't know anything like we were all very high on this guy and apparently there's something that all those teams between the suns and the celtics who drafted him on behalf of the memphis memphis grizzlies there's something that they saw that that you know said no this guy isn't what everybody is saying Mm -hmm. that he is so I think that's kind of my initial takeaway. Mm-hmm. When you take a look at this list, who is your rookie of the year out of the group? Uh, rookie of the year is going to be James Wiseman, I think. Right? That's that that that's just a guy who's going to put up. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Whoa. Major, 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 major stats. Major stats, man. This guy's going to have really great. Oh, I sounded like flex right there, dude. <laughs> Seriously, I don't, maybe I didn't. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> he's going to put up big stats on a good team. I know Clay's out, but they're still just, they're going to win a lot of games, and he's going to be in his own little zone underneath the rim, getting like twenty and ten, like DeAndre Ayton every night. And I think Anthony Edwards won't do as great in the beginning, so I think him with stats and the winning, he's going to be rookie of the year. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is opportunity when it comes to rookie of the year. Because you you take a exactly. look at the list, and I really think that a lot of these guys are drafted as role players, just like Jalen Smith. You know, that's the thing we got to stop freaking out about. You know, they're drafted to be a role player. So I think that James Wiseman is the one who's going to get the most opportunity and therefore put up the most stats and therefore get the rookie of the year. So I completely agree there. Uh, who do you think the biggest bust is in this draft? Because that's another tough one because like not a lot of guys <laughs> yeah, are drafted under the premise that they're supposed to save a franchise. Um, Anthony Edwards, of course, right? You yeah. have to choose him. He was number one, so you have to live up to number one. I mean... If he goes in there, lays a dud, it sucks for the Wolves, but I don't think he will because with the addition of Ricky Rubio, I think he'll help him out a lot, dude. So I don't think he'll be a bust. 
maybe after a couple of years, we'll be like, oh, maybe he wasn't as good as a first pick, but he won't be a bust. Besides that, I was thinking maybe Obi Toppin, honestly. I don't know why. If a guy goes to the Knicks, I yeah. feel bad. It's like something like something might happen badly over there because he went to the Knicks. And I, I, I wanted the Suns to maybe get him too as well, but he has the biggest bust uh, chance, I think. Yeah, Plus I mean, potential. very, very, uh, uh, you know, anyone who goes to the Knicks, man, I completely agree. I think Isaac Okoro, man, I think Cleveland's a challenging like place him. to play. And I think the way that that roster is designed, I think they're going to put a lot of onus on the kid. And, I, and it's mm-hmm. going to be tough in such a short amount of time for him to adapt to that and, and be successful. And I think that it might be one of the situations where after a couple of years, people are going to look back and be like, this kid sucked and we're going to move on from him. And somebody mm-hmm. might eventually get him on a, a, in a good culture and he might end up being somebody who plays out uh, and just plays well for another franchise. But I don't think it's going to happen in exactly. Cleveland. Cleveland's yeah. just such a weird roster Ugh, construction. Yeah, man. you know, hopefully they have some mixing and matching to do because if you go into the season with that, I mean, Kevin Love's going to be throwing stuff into the third row, you know? <laughs> every game <laughs> uh, i remember that where were we when we saw him like pouting that was in hollywood dude. that was in hollywood, hollywood yeah. Bar, yeah, yeah that's right we were watching the yeah. nfl playoffs and then kevin loves pouting just yeah that was fantastic <laughs> um one thing we do have to talk about that isn't suns related but definitely affects the suns is the unfortunate news that you mentioned around the top of the show and that's clay thompson man uh right achilles injury out for another season and it's 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 unfortunate and you know i gotta ask where does he rank among your favorite players in the NBA? Cause I know you're very it's, big on oh, Clay Thompson. Yeah. I love Clay. Yeah. What was I going to call him? I love Clay, I love man. but yeah, Clay is just, I mean, he's a beautiful player to watch. So he's the most feared guy. I besides Steph Curry, maybe even more than Steph Curry. I fear Clay dude, but I love watching him and I think he's a beautiful player to watch, but it's just, it's devastating. Even though you want the Suns to do good in the West and this kind of helps the Suns a little bit besides that. I mean, I, I think he's probably ranked one or number two to watch honestly right beside kevin durant and lebron james i just i, I love clay thompson man i know you do that's why I, once i we i heard the news right before the draft yesterday we were talking about it. we're like oh man that sucks hopefully it's nothing serious and then we found out today yeah. it's, it's season end it's just like it's so sad because he is he's a great he's great for the game you he know is. and and what's unfortunate is it's not necessarily unfortunate for the suns is the fact that this greatly affects the west you can no longer pencil in Golden State to come out and compete for a championship without Clay. It's got to be Steph and Clay because Draymond ain't the guy. Exactly. So this is a, an opportunity for the Suns to continue to jump Golden State because what uh, Steph Curry is what like thirty two? I mean, uh, not yeah, getting he's any like, younger. He's like thirty one, thirty two. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this is another team that the Suns can kind of check off their list of saying, "Hey, teams, we need to get past mm-hmm. in order to make a playoff run," because that's what we're looking for. The expectations playoffs for the Suns, but you still have to have the ability to jump teams. Houston's a jump team. OKC's a jump team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Warriors are now on that list, man. Well, and, what do you, you think know, about good, um, better and different? Clay Thompson, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Kelly Oubre. The Warriors are still going after him, and I feel like they're going to get him. What are your thoughts on that, though? If he were to join the Warriors, he's going to look damn sexy in those. He's going to look man. good. It's a good match. I just it, it is suck seeing him, and I just I hate these players leaving. Even with Rubio going to Minnesota, yeah, I know we got to play him again. I just man. don't want to play them. Like, can't they just go, go out to the East? Euro- go to the European League. Go to the play Hawks there. or go play. Yeah, Charlotte. go to the Hawks. Everyone go to the Hawks. Everyone please. go to the Charlotte, please. That would yeah. be fantastic because I just. It's going to be tough going up against him because you know he's going to try to posterize DeAndre Ayton. You better believe that, and you better believe oh, that yeah. that uh, those games we were talking about this last Ooh, night, like those games blood. between Minnesota and Phoenix, when you have Ricky Rubio 
who clearly is upset with the Suns. He said so in an uh, an interview yeah. he had with the Spanish uh, magazine. And then he's got, and then you got Dev Booker's boys playing against him. Like those are going to be competitive blood. They bats, are, man. man. And you better. You bet your ass, like Booker's going for fifty in those games, man. So it's yeah. going to be exciting going against these guys. It's going to create, uh, you know, that that competitive fire day in and day out. It's just going to suck to see Kelly Oubre playing for that team. Uh, it's going to because you have to play him. I think with the new schedule, we played division guys three times, conference guys two times, and the other conference two times as well. I think yeah. that's how they're doing it this year. I'm not. 100%. I think so too. Yeah, they. I don't think there's any really confirmation. There's something leaked a little bit, but nothing really confirmed. Yeah, so um, we'll see how it goes, man. Oh, I'm really. I, I, Why is there so I'm much really, negativity now? I freaking no. I, podcast of positivity, man. Jalen Smith, <laughs> you know, sticks fantastic sticks. draft quick. I, I'm I'm gonna love seeing this guy play. He's got the personality. He's got the goggles. Like the goggles are back. Like people are gonna start wearing goggles when they sit at home and watch the games because they can't go to the arenas yet. Uh, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> um, I gotta say, my favorite part about watching the draft last night. Favorite part, Matthews bombed, okay? Bombed this guy. And he's like, John, what do you think the worst part of the first round was? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I was kind of disappointed Patrick Williams went number four. You're like, no, it's when the Mavericks took Tyrell Terry. And you were so <laughs> upset when the Mavs. I'm like, dude, that was the second round. <laughs> like, yeah. To give, give me a couple minutes on Tyrell Terry and why it pissed you off so much. Because I, you, you definitely broke down why. Well, but because he works the Mavericks. Yeah, he's he that, the- yeah, but honestly, that's a good spot for him. But it's just like any of these players we loved and wanted the Suns to get, they they fell to every team we hate. And every division the, rival, damn went it. Went to the Mavericks. And Seth Curry's gone now with that trade, so he's going to fill right in for him. And God, oh God, just pray for us, please, that this doesn't turn into anything good. <laughs> well, I think that's it for this week's show. I know the Cardinals game is going to be starting here very shortly. Woo! So for those of you who have joined us and you care, you can hop over to NFL Network, whatever that's on. Yeah, unless you go to Matthew's house, it's on ESPN or something, and it's really shitty, shittily streamed. So <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Uh, but I'd like to thank everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Hi, Matthew. Let's see. You can follow the show, at Suns Jam, on both Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network, available wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure if you're watching on YouTube that you press the subscribe button. You give this uh, episode a thumbs up. It helps the algorithms. We appreciate it. I think that uh, it's time to go say what's up to the. What up, fellas? Go Suns, baby. It is a fantastic time to be a Suns fan, man. I am ecstatic. We got free agency in two days. Like it, the, yes. the hits just keep on coming. So thank you to all of you who have taken the time out of your day to listen to us. Time to go get another beer and go watch some Cardinals football. So go Suns. I'm out, baby. All right. Thank you, everybody. And go home and love your family. Amen.